0: faithwire.com
1: christians stage a large protest at disney today is thursday april 7th 2022 i'm dan andros well that top story and more on today's four and three podcast from cbn's faithwire you can go ahead and subscribe to us itunes wherever you like to listen to podcasts make sure you catch each day's episode as we go through the news with a christian perspective you're just not getting there anywhere else You're not going to get the Christian perspective, first and foremost, that we offer here at CBN and Faithwire. And joining me to do that, as always, Trey Garns-Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com, with a look at what's coming up on the podcast today. What's going on, guys? Happy uh, Friday, Junior, to y'all.
2: Yeah, well, it's here. It's happening soon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, what's happening you keep the saying weekend? it's the happening weekend. what oh the week okay Wait, no, no, right. no, whenever
1: i say it i mean the weekend, the weekend. okay just, all right all right i account. just wanted to clarify so no that matter sure
0: yeah no matter what uh billy the it he's talking about is always the weekend <laughs> that's right whenever i say the word it oh, all right bad. there we go so what's coming up so, well i'm going to be talking about this uh this protest at disney uh so but before that billy what are you going to be talking about
2: Well, I am going to be talking about South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, who we sat down with and talked about prayer, public school, the Constitution, and and a whole lot more.
1: And I uh, will be uh, later on in the podcast hitting up what's happening over in Burma as, uh, man, they are destroying. Last year, the numbers are out now of how just dozens and dozens of churches have just been pummeled to, quote, Mm -hmm. suppress the spirit of Christian people there. So uh, we'll have the details on that.
0: Man, it just there's so much going on in the world, and it's it's hard to keep up with. But I'm glad, yeah. obviously, we're we're bringing those details here and and trying to to talk about them as best we can. But there there's just never a shortage of of yeah. things to be praying for. And it's chaos. Other... It is. Yeah. it is. I will say um, there's
1: one other good news story that we won't necessarily cover now, but I'll mention it, and that is for and I know you guys aren't one of them, but golf fans out there, and really just fans of a comeback, Tiger Woods is uh yeah. on the course now at Augusta as we record our podcast here. And it's just whoever remarkable, that whoever that okay. is, right? <laughs> yeah. You got Even you guys know of non-sports fans, you know him. But he, had, he was in a major car wreck just over a year ago. I think it was February of last year. And, I mean, he almost lost his life. His leg was almost amputated, and he's out here. And, you know, I know golf's not like basketball or football running around, but if you've ever swung a golf club, Especially at 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 the the top level where you're really competing, to do what he's doing out there, I mean, to even be out there and walking is incredible, and to be able to effectively, you know, swing a club where, with the amount of force and power that you need to compete on the PGA Tour, it's it's unbelievable he's even out there, and the crowds are insane there. If Mm -hmm. if this guy competes this this weekend and he's actually in the lead, you know, near the lead, it's going to be. Absolute madness! It's all you're going to be hearing about over the weekend online. I, th- I think one of one of the big stories you'll be hearing about for sure. So that's going uh, on as well. But Trey, I think we're gonna we're gonna start with you today with this uh, protest that was going on with Disney.
0: Yeah. So led by Sean Foyt, he's a former worship leader turned activist. He's the founder of Hold the Line. He did the Let Us Worship rallies around the country at the height of the COVID nineteen restrictions. So he led Christians and conservatives. Uh, in a protest yesterday, when they descended on the Walt Disney Company headquarters in Burbank, California, uh, to call out Disney's, uh, you know, seeming attack on parents, uh, and obviously all of that centers on the mischaracterized don't say gay bill in florida obviously there were already steps that disney was taking that were problematic to conservatives and definitely problematic to christians like we have a report on the protest up at faithwire.com we mentioned uh, out which was an animated short film that pixar put out a couple years ago uh, that was you know tells the story of of a, a kid coming out uh, as homosexual to his parents uh and then the proud family reboot that was the show that was popular when i was a kid they've rebooted it and now the lead characters are uh two gay dads uh who are raising an adopted daughter uh so disney has been targeting the lgbt uh you know group and and have been moving in that direction for many years uh but the uh, uproar over the again mischaracterized don't say gay bill I think uh, was a tipping point for a lot of people. So anyway, Sean led this uh, rally last night uh, in California, Uh, and it seems to be that it's kind of just a a clapback, for lack of a better term, uh, at at people who have been uh, protesting conservatives and uh, certainly Disney employees have been staging walkouts Uh, At Disney for, you know, being angry at Bob Chapek, the CEO, for initially not vociferously condemning the don't say gay bill. Now, uh, of course, Disney has since been been very uh, vocal in their condemnation uh, of the bill, which, by the way. We've talked about this a lot, but we should just recap. Uh, It's called Don't Say Gay by the Media, but the word gay never appears once in the five-page law. Uh, And it just uh, stipulates that educators can't teach about sexual orientation and gender identity in preschool through third grade. That's it. Uh, the the word gay is not outlawed in Florida, <laughs> uh, contrary to what you might uh, be hearing uh, in the media. So before the protest took place, uh, we caught up with Sean. And he said to us that parents across America were blindsided by the fact that Disney would enable people that are fighting for the sexualization of children starting in kindergarten. We're talking about four-year-olds. It's one thing to make content. It's another thing to fight for those who want to groom and sexualize our kids. Uh, so he also mentioned uh, that the the rally just came up, you know, came together within about 72 hours. Uh, he said as a father of four who has taken his kids to Disney for years, uh, who has uh, watched the movies with his kids, you know, some of the earlier, you know, the classic Disney movies with his kids. He said that he just felt like I, I really need to do something to use my voice and use my platform here in California uh, to to raise this issue. He said, we're not far from Burbank, where the headquarters is. Uh, so this, this whole thing came together really quickly. Uh, and I asked him what he was expecting the response to be. And he said, a lot of people are really fired up. He said, I think Christians, sometimes they get way too soft. They don't realize that they're powerful. We have a voice that can change things economically for Disney. We have a voice that can change things politically in this country. We're called to be the salt and the light uh, in every part of society. Uh, so when issues like this happen, we don't just back down. We have to stand up. Uh, so it ended up being a, a protest that looked, we don't know they have the official numbers, but the protests looked to have about, you know, between 200, may 300 people. Uh, so not huge, but still a, a good showing. I mean, it, for something that came together within a matter of, of two days. Uh, so and actually, I think the most interesting part of this, guys, was that a Disneyland cast member, a current Disney employee, uh, spoke at the rally as she was standing next to Sean uh, on their, It was a, a big truck bed that they had pulled in for the for the protest, uh, and she spoke directly to current cast members. Uh, She said, I'm a cast member here for Disneyland. I've been with them for quite a long time, and it has gotten very political, and it's gotten very hard to be who you are. It's gotten very hard to be someone who has conservative values. Uh, She said, it's it's difficult to be someone who believes in the right to choose. Obviously, she's not talking about abortion. I know that's kind of a, a buzz phrase she was talking about, to choose your own political opinion. And she says, that's become difficult at Disney. She said it's become difficult to be someone who believes that it's okay to stand up for righteousness. But this is what she told her fellow employees. She said it is okay to stand up for righteousness. Any Disney cast member uh, that's afraid to be bold, that's afraid to be courageous, don't be. She said stand up. It's okay. Uh, You are not alone. Uh, And that was something that uh, Sean mentioned ahead of time before uh, the protest happened. He said they were going to have a Disney employee speak And he said, that's a that's a big deal uh, because that's, you know, potentially putting their uh, their job at risk. He said, you know, you have people who have been working at Disney their whole lives, their whole career and they're believers. They love God. They love America. They want to make content that's safe for children. And then Disney comes out with this crazy stance against DeSantis. She said they're frustrated. And, you know, I applaud them for their willingness to stand with us today. They might be risking their jobs but they think, they think it's a more important issue uh, than, than potentially you know, losing their job. So uh, just an, an incredibly interesting thing that's unfolding. He mentioned too, by the way, that they might head to Orlando next and do a, a protest uh, at the, the Walt Disney World Resort area with all the parks there, uh, which is obviously the epicenter of this backlash over the don't say gay bill so it's just a, a fascinating story and I think it's encouraging the reason it's getting so much traction is because it's it's a positive story of Christians standing up and saying enough is enough uh, and and using their platforms to push back against you know what they see is obviously a really problematic yeah
1: and just showing that there's different thought out there right I mean sure. I, I, yeah. I think one of the things that happens when most people who just kind of I roll at some of these things and say, oh, goodness, here that here go the other activists again, and and they just sort of look the other way. But what happens is then that view just becomes accepted. Well, at least that's what's happened now, I think, in the last couple of years. And to see other people out there willing to stand up, it's always those first few that really kind of help open the door for others to feel safe to go ahead and get out there. It, it sort of paves the way. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video of, that's some outdoor concert or something. I don't even know who, but one guy starts dancing and he's just, you know, everyone's just sitting on the hillside and this one guy starts dancing. He's not dancing well, but he's up there just dancing and having fun. And everyone's just kind of looking at him like he's a nut. But then another guy comes over and just starts dancing next to him, like and joining in. And then I think one or two other people come over. But then once that happens, the like everybody floods over and the whole place starts dancing within no time. So it's just a picture of what happens when those first couple people join in, right? Like you get a couple voices speaking out, then other ones join in, and it just and it's not that it's going to, you know, change every single thing that we don't like, but at least it it lets others know that yes, there are a lot of people out here who feel completely differently on this issue. Not that we wish any ill will towards transgenders or LGBTQ people or anything like that. It's just that hey, We'd like to live life here and enjoy the things you make without our views getting assaulted
2: 24-7. Yeah, I think we're we're at a tipping point right now. I think the tipping point is that people have been afraid and they've been scared and they've been holding back. And like you're saying, Dan, now that people are starting to speak out and you're starting to see polling that is showing, oh, maybe – Maybe my perspective isn't crazy. Maybe there are other people who think what I think, including the majority of likely Democratic voters in Florida who have no problem with this, right? (laughs) But when you start, but that's, see, that's the thing. That's why a media narrative is so powerful when the media narrative makes you think that you're alone. And look, sometimes you are going to be alone. You are going to be the only one standing Mm -hmm. up for what's right. But in this case, that isn't the case. There are a lot of people who are out there and they're trying to make their voice heard on this. So I think it's good in in that respect. But I do think, There's a weird undercurrent here because this whole conversation is about people being who they're meant to be. Like, let me be who I'm supposed to be. And it just seems to me, you know, a lot of these people who are out there protesting, they haven't been welcome to be who they want to be. Right. And to believe what they want to believe. And I think that's. You know, I mean, look, we're we're like, what, decade five into Don't Say Pray, which has been something in every school in America that we've had for a long time. So I just think it's an opportunity for, for people to make their voice heard. And we've talked about this on the show. But to really relate that back to people, when you when you say to the other side, well, how do you think this is for me to not be welcome in this conversation? And you relate it back to how they felt. I do think there's some power in that. So, you know, approaching this with the right tone, and it sounds like they did, um, is key, yeah. But, but yeah, I think we're going to see more of this pushback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Indeed. Well, and you know, by the way, I asked Sean, you know, what's the what's the takeaway? Like, what do you think the result is going to be? Are you are you optimistic? And he said, well, the kind of traction that we're getting shows that the majority of Americans are actually on our side. He said, public opinion is on our side. Nobody wants their kids to be taught this sexualized agenda. Parents do not want that. So and I think there's some truth to what he's saying. I think uh, there are a lot of people on that side. And to your point, Dan, we just need somebody to go first.
1: Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, uh, let's head into uh, the next story here. And um, this one is really a disturbing one for Christians who sh- should all be praying for this because um, this is one of those areas in Burma where there's a lot of conflict. A, a good friend of CBN who we've reported on a lot, um, Dave Eubank of the Free Burma Rangers, he does a lot of work there. So this is an area that we are familiar with that you as a CBN or Faithwire reader and viewer probably are familiar with as well, but. The numbers are coming out now on what is happening to the Christian people and to churches there, and, and it's it's pretty shocking. Over the over the past year, the uh, Burma military regime there they've destroyed numerous churches and religious buildings uh, in in areas all over the country. Thirty five churches and fifteen buildings were demolished in the predominantly Christian uh, Chin state between February twenty one and tw- January twenty twenty two. And um, in southeastern Myanmar, 12 other churches were demolished during that same period of time. And so what the regime is claiming is that the church housed resistance fighters. And so that's what they're saying, their propaganda on that front. Um, But these attacks continued, and some of the cardinals and religious leaders were begging them to stop targeting these religious buildings. But even after they spoke out... Military forces just ignored that and continued to shell these churches, according to some sources who spoke, obviously on condition of uh, anonymity there, not wanting to put themselves at risk. They said they're attacking the churches intentionally to suppress the spirit of Christian people by attacking their sacred churches, and I condemn their bad intentions. The reports are that the regime is using artillery and arson uh, in some 26 attacks just since September, And during these latest attacks, a pastor was shot and killed uh, while he helped extinguish fires that were caused by the military shelling that was going on. And the claim uh, and the reports coming out from that incident are that the pastor's wedding ring was reportedly cut off his finger uh, by soldiers and taken. Um, So obviously horrible stories coming out there now. But another three churches in the same town were set on fire on October 29th, and CBN News had previously reported that thousands of residents had fled their homes, with many seeking safety inside churches because of the ongoing conflict that's uh, happening there in the country. And so people did used to view churches as a safe place and look for protection inside, but now those are being attacked as well. And so all this is going on now as um, Burma has been ranked 12th on the Open Doors 2021 watch list of countries where Christians suffer the most Persecution. We obviously reported on that watch list that uh, got, got released uh, earlier this year. And guys, uh, why does this story matter? Obviously, as I said at the top, just we need to be praying for these Christians there. This is like in a forgotten area a lot of times. And it's why I'm thankful for people like Dave Eubank who are there on the ground. And if if you've never watched, there's a documentary um, about him. I actually forget what the title of it is, but if you just look up Dave Eubank or FBR, Freebirming Rangers, I think it's on amazon prime or something like that you can you can rent it but it's phenomenal shows what he's doing and uh just a guy that's really dedicated to serving the lord in these conflict zones and just a remarkable team remarkable family so um so definitely be praying for all of them as as this continues to go on and the persecution there is just it's it's sad it's shocking and um they definitely need our prayers
2: You know, it's a it's a reminder, I think, when we talk about these stories to actually be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. I I think it's so easy to forget. You know, we we're sitting here, we're you know fighting about Disney. Right. Which these are legitimate things. Don't get me wrong. Right. But when you see that level of persecution that's going on around the world, it's a little convicting because 88 to 95. I'm just throwing out percentages. Percent of what we complain about here is so minor compared to what other people are going through. And um, so, yeah, just like putting that on a prayer list and remembering these people and these stories, because often we talk about it and we move on. Uh, but those situations haven't moved on. Mm. They're still going on.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I'm, it's it always bothers me when I hear. Generally, obviously, there are instances, but when I hear generally Christians saying in the United States, Well, I've been persecuted, it's like, Well, you've been discriminated against. (laughs) You may have been treated wrongly, uh, and there may be, you know, there may be legitimate wrongs that have been done against you. Yeah. But you have not been persecuted in the, you know, the dictionary definition of the word. Right. uh, Like so many of these people have. And I heard from a pastor many, many years ago now uh, who told me, you know, he said, If you are not going to pray for somebody and you're not going to pray about something, don't tell them that you are. Uh, he said, "Because that's that's a, that's a lie. Even if you don't intend to do that," he said. So, purpose to when you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, you know, be on. I mean, you, you everybody forget sometimes, but he said, find a place to write it down where you see it every day and you remember to pray for these people, uh, because I think we have a responsibility as believers. To your point, Billy, uh, to be in prayer because they are part of our family, uh, right? They're part of the body of Christ. Um, so we need to be remembering them every day, as most as much as we can uh, and and being prayerful for their situation because as as we know as believers despite what secular culture might want to tell us uh, prayer works and it, it it matters it's effective to communicate with our creator.
1: yeah no absolutely hundred percent and um, you know our personal safety nine, 99 times out of a 100 here when you talk about persecution in America for Christians yeah it's not that physical,
0: I might That's not survive
1: saying. tomorrow. Yeah. And I think it's a, an important distinction to make because, um, because there are two, both of those things are legitimate things, right? Like the, this cultural sure. drift away from Christianity sure. is important. And it is, it is something where Christians will find themselves more marginalized. And it's a slippery slope that, you know, when every, when we're talking about diversity inclusion, and then you don't include Christians in that, well, at some point we're going to be, those that this is just the first step, right? So it's more of a warning yes. now than anything else because it, it's those because well, it leads to physical yes, confrontations. Yes, it, well, that's how
2: this all started. I mean, and that's why I don't want to diminish, right? Like when I say that what's going on in the world, you know, we're complaining about stuff, it, yeah. it still matters. Oh, and yeah, I think, and I think to that point, yeah, I mean, these are at some point in a lot of these other countries, this is how things started, right? In different yeah, ways, exactly. right? Right, Because first, it you small,
1: first, you convince when, when a group of people, mass in the country, culture is convinced that X group is bad. And they're the one, you know, once you convince people of that, well, then that opens the door. I mean, you see it now with, I mean, even just small things, but like, I remember, I think it was Tommy Lahren, like they're dumping water on her out in public or people who wouldn't raise their fist at, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing, if you didn't support it and they're berating them out there, you know, that that's the sort of stuff that You know, when you feel justified because someone's not, you know, in a in a certain group or not joining the cause or whatever, yeah, you you the people a lot of people will start justifying awful behavior uh, on those grounds. History has kind of proven that one time and time again. But yeah, so so we can prove we can pray for both things. But I I get what you're saying. I just wanted to make that uh, that clarification there. So
0: absolutely.
2: All right. So that brings us to our next story. Speaking of prayer, we sat down with South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem and she had a lot to say. It was actually a really interesting conversation for a variety of reasons, just how candid she was about um, life in politics and her position in politics as a Republican who's often up against other Republicans in her state. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that really... Uh, stood out to me were some of the comments she made about the First Amendment. You know, we've covered quite a bit uh, the the moment of silence that she was trying to implement. That was actually the name of a bill, a moment of silence, uh, that she was trying to push through. And what was so crazy about this is that this moment was intended to be a time that students and staff could pray silently. If you're not a Christian or you don't believe in God, you could reflect. It was a time to center yourself before the school day and the bill was killed, but it wasn't killed by progressives or liberals. It was actually killed in committee by her fellow Republicans. And so we talked with her about that. And and obviously, prayer in schools has been a sensitive topic. Um, and she has no plans of abandoning this, by the way. She says she wants to continue to bring this issue up. Um, but she kind of got into some of the things she feels – have really been mischaracterized. She said she's constantly surprised by the number of people who think that religion and prayer cannot be in our schools. And she said that when you look at what the Constitution and the founders intended, this was not the case. They they didn't have any intention to ban prayer entirely from public life. Um, now, she talked about why she had wanted to do this bill, why she wanted to see this moment of silence, that um, she she really believed it was, it was important to get this into the law so that people, students, and staff, there was really no lack of clarity. They would understand what the law said, that they had the right um, to pray. And so that was a really interesting conversation. We've got it over um, at Faithwire. You can listen to it. We have a podcast uh, version of it, and you can also read the write-up on that. Um, again, just saying that this was a necessary conversation to be having. But beyond that, that sort of launched us into a conversation about a number of other things. Clearly, it was her own party who sunk that. That That's really interesting, right? And I don't know that I've heard, and I don't want to oversell this, but I'm not sure that I've heard a politician be so open about a variety of things, the infighting um, and also just her own standing. I want to read a quote. She said, Quote, I may be a little more conservative than the state is. I only won my last race by three points. I brought a lot of bills that embrace conservative ideas and values. And then she went on to talk about how she's proactive on pro-life issues. Um, She loves to defend innocent life. Um, And she talked about how she is not a person who looks for conflict. She said, my spirit is not one to be in conflict, that she actually hates conflict. And yet her family often finds it funny that she ended up in this job. Uh-huh. Uh, she had dreamed of being a rancher, chasing cows, riding horses, and and here she is, you know, not really hunting. She's dealing with politics, and this is where kind of you know, God has brought her, uh, but but I, I asked her, you know, is it difficult ever, you know, do you, do you face those challenges of saying, well, do I do the right thing, or do I do the thing that's politically expedient, and she said, quote, I have to live with myself, and I have to be okay with the person I am, and who I told the voters I was. Keeping my word to them is more important than necessarily disagreeing with other people, who are in elected office. So really saying that she needed to go where God called her. And and I'll point out, because there's a lot more, but I'll point out one more thing. Every bill that comes across her desk, she actually tasks her staff with doing a full assessment of that bill. And the key question, the central question is, what does this bill mean for the next generation? I thought that was really compelling Um, And I think that's a big reason of the why it matters. A lot of our politicians make deals and do things without thinking about how they're going to impact the future. And so the fact that that was the cornerstone of each of these evaluations was really a powerful um, element of the way that she governs. I thought that was really interesting. And I lied because I have one more thing I want to mention. She also, (laughs) we asked her if she was planning on running for president. Does she want to be president? And she kind of cracked a joke about how there's 48 other people who want to be president um, but she said, and this is her quote: "I do not have a desire to be president. I have a desire to do the job that's in front of me right now, and that I'm called to do." So I'll let you jump in, Dan.
1: Well, she didn't they, say they, she didn't say no. She just she, said, "I want to well, do the job right in front of me." Right? I mean, she, she said,
2: "I have, I do not have a desire, desire
1: but, I, but." I mean, you know, Moses didn't have a desire to go speak to Pharaoh either, right? So, I mean, not to compare her to Moses, but I'm just saying.
2: No, no, go for it. I think that's what you're doing. Continue. No, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: what I'm saying is sometimes you don't want to do something, but then you yeah. still feel called to do it.
2: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. No. So, yeah. I mean, so I'm just trying to leave the door open for all the Christy Gnome fans out there. Uh, but it is interesting <laughs> that she would get pushback on things like that, right? You know, I know that she got criticism from the right over the over the NCAA uh, thing and, and the way she handled that. And really they, and, and it's not a disagreement on the issue is, <clears throat> excuse me, a, dis- a disagreement on strategy. And I find it odd that people are that on the right are just going after her so much. It's just one of those bizarre things. And even this moment of silence, Bill, you, you wonder what's the harm in it, right? Because their argument was, well, that speech is already protected. And I don't know, No, people don't seem to stop on the other side of an argument like, well, we need to, you know, double down and have LGBT rights. It's like, well, those are all covered right. under the Civil Rights Act and things like that. Well, no, no, no. We need to, and, and, you know, make sure that it's doubly in there. But but then when you want to add a moment of silence, I don't see how you could balk at that. It's like, yeah, let them have the moment of silence. You're not even saying what they're supposed to do in that situation. But it's a don't say pray. It's don't say don't pray. Don't say pray. There you go. If we just had the activist groups that could just immediately <laughs> uh, enforce talking points across, multiple media networks, then that's what we'd call it. Don't, what'd you say? Don't pray. Don't say pray. Don't say pray. It's just <laughs> don't it's say exactly pray. There you go. what they're
2: claiming in Florida is <laughs> that's,
1: happening. <Yeah>. That's funny. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, I think the, the interesting thing to me about your conversation with governor and is, um, she kind of seems like she wants to, obviously she's just following down the path that she feels God has, has led her down. That was what she said. But she also seems to be one who wants to, she's there's infighting happening in her own Republican party uh, in her state. And she seems to be one who's willing to say, look, this is what a real conservative is. I'm drawing a line in the sand uh, and I'm going to just march forward, knowing that this is, these are conservative ideals, and whether you want to accept them or not is is fine, but that doesn't change that this is the conservative right. uh, position. Um, so I appreciate any politician. Uh, we talked about this on the other podcast. So I appreciate any politician, Democrat or Republican, who says this is my conviction. And, you know, r- regardless of the pushback I get, regardless of the way I'm characterized in the media, I'm sticking with my conviction yeah. because then at least, you know, even right. if I completely disagree with the far left politician, at least I know, I know that they, they really stand, right. believe this <clears throat> and their position's not going to change. Yep. So I certainly applaud Christine Noem for that, if nothing else. But, I, you know, I think it's. Uh, I'd like to know more about her faith story uh, of, of wanting to be a, a rancher and now ending up here. It's she certainly made clear that it was something that she felt God was calling her to. Um, so it, it's it was an encouraging conversation for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, spoiler alert: you may get to hear more. Well, you can say.
1: well you can hear more of it over on the Prodigal Stories podcast, which is newly, the newly inaugurated or created or whatever you want to say podcast. I mean, was I, yeah. did I spoil the announcement or was I? No. No. Okay. No,
2: we didn't even say it, so we should have. Uh, yeah, yeah, we
1: should have. Yeah, but you can hear the conversation there. Uh, if you check out the Prodigal Stories podcast, search that up. Uh, I don't even know if we have it on the website yet, guys, uh, but it is, if you search that up, you'll find it. And Billy Billy's uh, interview with um, Christy no is up there. You can check that out. All right, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Um, we will be back here tomorrow with more going through the news of the day uh, with y'all. It is uh, it is a journey. It is a journey. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. God bless. Have a great day.